work on how to use your arms differently or put you in positions where you learn to calm yourself. And I'll do stuff with bubbles. I'll do different things where... Yo, what is up? This is Christian D. Evans, host of Journey with Christian D. Evans podcast. And I just want to share with you real quick, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It really means a lot to us, but also our community. And, you know, if you like this, please share this with your friend, your family, a colleague, someone that you don't even like. Definitely share that with them. And then also leave a comment and a review for us. We really do appreciate that. And show our guests some love if you find that this episode really resonates with you. Secondly, also want to share with you some really awesome news. I've had the Fortune Opportunity Network and have incredible guest, eight and nine figure entrepreneurs, CEOs and founders on our podcast. And what we've done is we've actually been able to open up a be uncommon if you can mastermind where we're able to open up the door for so many of you, right? Those that are six figure, seven figure entrepreneurs that are scaling, that are struggling, that really want to level up their game, their business, their life, whatever it is. I'm able to open up that door for you with this Be Uncommon If You Can Mastermind. Now, we're only taking a select few of individuals, so what you'll need to do is go to christiandevans.com forward slash mastermind dash now, and the link is actually in the description as well. Guys, that is christiandevans.com forward slash mastermind dash now. We're only opening this up for a select few of individuals that really want to level up their game. You have a conversation with me, see if you qualify, and guys, enjoy the episode, and remember be uncommon if you can. Cheers. Thank you so much for tuning in to Journey with Christian D. Evans podcast. I'm your host, Christian D. Evans. And guys, we have someone very special on today. And the reason why is because not only is she a high performer, but she's just an active individual. I'll tell you what, she actually produced, uh, she did running 10 ultra marathons, including 40 plus marathons, including two 100 miles, but much more. She founded the PABR system, which is the reason why she's able to do those extreme things that we're going to dive into today. She created the PABR Institute with the mission to provide pain, stress, and anxiety relief to those who seek a naturalistic form of treatment. When other treatment methods have fallen short, right? Her unique approach comes from her experience treating in a variety of settings and with a wide range of patient populations over the last 12 years. Her background in orthopedics, sports, geriatrics, balance disorders, nerve injuries, and most recently, chronic pain. And influences from coursework at the Postural Restoration Institute gave her the foundation to develop this treatment method to address a wide variety of painful, restrictive conditions. Her methods have helped countless people reduce and eliminate pain, stress, anxiety, orthopedic surgeries, sleep issues, and the need for medications. She also co-authored two Amazon number one best-selling books, Don't Quit, Stories of Persistence, Courage and Faith, and Success Habits of Super Achievers. Please welcome my guest, Dr. Amy Novente. How are you doing, Dr. Amy? <laughs> I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me, Christian. It's nice to be here with you and your audience. Awesome. Well, I'm really excited about diving into this because uh, not only did you create the PABR system, but you obviously uh, apply that into your daily life, right? At a very, very high level, being able to achieve those incredible things. And not only just professionally, but obviously those, those extreme things that I, I think are extreme. So let me ask you first, Amy, kind of tell us the story. How are you able to create that? Kind of dive into that a little bit. And what were the hurdles that you had to face personally to be able to overcome it? So yeah, I, I got my doctorate in physical therapy and I was a physical, traditional physical therapist, worked in the sports orthopedic world, did some chronic pain, vestibular stuff. And I knew it wasn't the end all. Like I had to work with people, they would get better. I was considered one of the better physical therapists in the Phoenix area, 
but there were still people that it's like you couldn't touch their pain. They were in chronic pain. And when you saw them, they just had so much going on. And so I started looking at just how, how can I approach things differently? And there was a, a place that recruited me to become a director of one of their clinics. And they said, I want you to start looking at this postural restoration Institute, some of their teachings. And so I did. And they look at different asymmetries in your body and how that influences your movement. And they touch on the diaphragm. And at the time I was running and I had run several marathons already and I was very close to qualifying for Boston, but I hadn't quite gotten there. And so I started to play with my own breathing mechanics, not breath work in the traditional sense of let's practice holding for four seconds, blowing for four seconds or box breathing or different types. But it's like, how can I really maximize use of the diaphragm and not belly breathing? Because belly breathing is not diaphragmatic breathing, but like true diaphragm use. And how do you support your diaphragm? So I started playing with that and also playing with my body position. And I realized that I could run eight miles on the treadmill at a very fast pace, get off and not have to stretch, foam roll or scrape. Like I got off and I felt, wow, like I felt like I just got on. And I realized I had just shifted my body, but I didn't really know what it was. And I had to keep playing with it to make sure I <laughs> didn't think I was just, you know, hallucinating or just making this up in my head. And I realized that I started to calm down my fight or flight nervous system. So like, if you think about when you're sprinting, you ramp yourself up to go as fast as possible. But then if you think about the opposite, if you're really, really calm, you go, you're in a different state. And so a lot of times when we're running, we immediately go into that fight or flight state and we stay up there and something eventually starts to hurt. But if I could pull myself down from that state, just bring it down notch by notch by notch into as close as possible to parasympathetic relaxation, my body stayed loose. I stayed free flowing. I didn't get the tightness. I didn't get the cramps. I didn't get something pinching or painful. And I could do this. And so I started trying to do this on my own. And I, that's when I started running marathons faster. I easily qualified for Boston, blew through the qualifying marks. Like it was just night and day, no other changes to my routine, but learning to qualify to calm down my nervous system. And so then I started implementing it on other people. So people that came in for traditional physical therapy, I said, Hey, how would you like to be my guinea pig? Can I try this on you? And some people said, no, I'll be honest. They said, no. Um, some said who knew me like, okay, whatever. I mean, sure. Whatever. But they started getting better faster, like a lot faster, faster than traditional healing timeframes. And so I thought I was like, okay, I'm on to something. What is this? What am I on to? I, I can do this. I got to figure out the process to this. Why is it working on some people, but not others? And so I just experimented more and more and more. And it's great. And you would think, okay, wonderful. Why wouldn't anyone, everyone support her? But I didn't have support. I had doctors who said, no, you can't do this. If you have people blow up balloons or blow into straws now, we're not going to send people to you ever again. My boss at the time was not very happy with me because balloons would pop or there'd be noises. And he had a set of patients who were looking over and watching what I'm doing and like, okay, that's cuckoo. We don't know if we want to come here. Um, so I had a lot of pushback and I went home for about three years. I went home every night and I, there were tears. Like I was in anguish and like, okay, I, I'm on the cusp of something. I don't know what it is. I don't know how to define it. I'm helping people, but I have all this resistance. And I, I literally had to push through for about three years 
And then I had a doctor that had a patient who I knew personally, and I helped this young, young gentleman, he's a baseball player. He had a nerve injury and he healed about half the time as normal. And the neurosurgeon or is a neurologist in the Phoenix area is one of the top ones at the Barrow Institute. He said, who are you seeing? And so the, the young kid in the family said, uh, we're seeing Amy. He's like, I want to talk to her. I want to know what she's doing. And so I, you know, we met and, and he's like, I'm sending you all of my worst cases, people that can't get better with traditional methods of physical therapy, chiropractor, whatever. He said, we're going to send them to you. And so he started doing that. And I mean, things that I didn't even know were possible to happen to the human being, like, and you can still survive this, the most bizarre things I've ever even heard of. I just started working with these people and they got better. And so then it kind of branched out from there. And then eventually I got hired to travel around the world um, to keep a guy out of a knee replacement and a rotator cuff surgery, going all the way to the Arctic, Antarctic. And then once I got done with that, I said, okay, time to start my business. And I have to start helping people on a grander scale, which leads me to where I am now. I love that because see, not only were you facing, obviously, you know, just a ton of, ton of just negative feedback, right? Uh, then obviously something broke and you, you found a one, one opportunity, right? That led into just remarkable things. However, though, during that time when, you know, all else was just, you know, you're getting negative things, you know, shoved in your face and said, don't do it. What, what kept you going? Was that just intuition? Like, Hey, I know that this can produce results. It's produce results in my life is producing results in others or was it just more of like just stubborn stubborn just tenacity I guess um part of it is stubborn tenacity I'm always been the type that if I'm afraid of something that's exactly where I'm heading (laughs) like I have to get rid of this fear I have to go through the most challenging things um and part of it was I would remember certain cases of certain people who got better so quickly because of what we were doing because there are times i would have doubt like what is it about this person that i can't figure out and why are they not getting better and i just have to go back to okay this person it worked for them i know this stuff works so i have to get better at communicating i have to get better at somehow transferring my knowledge and what I can sense and feel into that person's body. And so, I mean, those two things, my stubbornness and my evidence of different people getting better so much faster were my two things that I just held on to for dear life. Like, okay, just keep pushing through. Even if this is bad, there, there has to be some kind of benefit to this to the greater good. And I have to keep pushing through. I just, I will regret it the rest of my life if I don't. I love that. I love that. And obviously, like you said, now you've been able to uh, develop the uh, fruits of your labor. Now I would like to dive into PABR, right? Because you said it is different than all these other techniques, right? And there's a lot of techniques out there definitely with, you know, you got the, um, you know, individuals that are in the, um, uh, snipers or whatever you call them, you know, uh, seals training, right? They do this certain type of breathing. Now, this is a different type. If you would explain kind of our, our audience what this is, why it's different, and how it can totally affect at a high level. Right. So what we're doing is we're working to get you out of that high alert fight or flight state into parasympathetic relaxation. And we're using your breathing mechanics 
and your body position. So it's different because a lot of breath work out there says, okay, whatever state you're in, Christian, we're just going to have you practice box breathing now. We're going to have you breathe in for the count of four, hold for the count of four, blow out for the count of four, hold for the count of four. And we're just going to take you wherever you're at right now and do that. So that's kind of traditional breath work is we're going to play with your breathing rhythm, the timing and all that. So I, what I look at because of my background, it's like, okay, I want you to change your breathing to use your diaphragm, but is your diaphragm really being used right now? Now we can work to support it. And that's really what we want to get because when we get the diaphragm, we can use it to stimulate the vagus nerve to calm you down. But the problem is the use of your diaphragm depends on the position of your body. So if your rib cage is elevated like Superman, you're sucking in your gut, you're pulling your shoulders back, you're like Superman, that by default is telling your body you're in a fight or flight state. That takes away support from your diaphragm because you've lifted your rib cage up. You don't have it pulled down. Soon as you lift your rib cage up and you suck your gut up and in, you're in fight or flight state. If you look at any sprinter out there running a race, guess what they do? They suck up their gut, they pull their shoulders back, their chest is out, and they're running for their life. That is your body's cue that you're in fight or flight mode. You change your body position. Your breathing's going to reflect fight or flight mode. Your body's going to behave like you're in fight or flight mode. Your chemistry is going to be behave like you're fight or flight mode. So they all are in coherence. But we are only supposed to be like that for a short period of time. The rest of our waking and sleeping hours should be in parasympathetic relaxation. So we need to start looking at how are you positioning your body because we want things to be in coherence. So we need to get the body positioned into relaxation mode so that your diaphragm gets supported. So your breathing reflects a relaxation mode. So when you do breathing, your body calms down. It releases that tension in the muscles that put you on guard, that puts you in high alert mode, that puts you in freeze mode or fight mode or flee mode. But the problem is we have so many mental, emotional stressors that are going along in our life, relationships, work, finances. We have all of that. And then we take our body and we put it in fight or flight mode. And then we get to a point where you cross a threshold and you develop chronic pain, you develop anxiety attacks, panic attacks, adrenal fatigue, chronic fatigue. We get to that point because we've crossed a threshold. And now we may do things like meditation to help. You might do yoga to help. You might do some type of journaling to help. You might even try some breathing and breath work to help. But that might bring you down a level. But if your body is not matching what's going on with your mind and your emotions, there's some incoherence there. And so you truly can't relax because if your rib cage is still up, your breathing's not going to be in relaxation mode. It's going to be in fight or flight mode. So that's why this is different is we're working on changing your body position to truly support your diaphragm so that when you blow out, you feel your whole body just go and just calm down and you feel the muscles release. So the joints could go back into position. So tissue stop pinching together, contributing to pain. And so that's how we can shift people quickly is we have to get you so that you can sense the muscle release. You release that guarded 
sensation throughout your body. Interesting. So, because see, what I always found very interesting is the, you know, we've all heard of the flow state. And a lot of times people think of the flow state as this high energy, high intense situation. But in fact, what you're saying is it's almost in order to get in that flow state or that, you know, really, it's actually the, the relaxation and that true calmness while you're, you know, you know, developing or producing or deploying your task, whatever that may be. Um, so let me ask you this, with the diaphragm, uh, because we've heard meditation and then it's a discipline, right? Because the first time you meditate, it's like your brain's all over the place. But as you get better at it, it is, it is over a period of time, you, you know, you're, you're more disciplined, right? So with this diaphragm breathing, right, this true deep diaphragm, uh, what does that trajectory look like? How long does it take to build that? First, you have to be cognizant, aware that it's, it's you know, you're not doing it right properly. And then as well as become disciplined in order to do that on a day-to-day -day basis or a consistent basis to keep yourself in a calm state, whether, you know, the world's burning up. Right, exactly. It does, it is a process. So just like with meditation, it is a process. And part of it is first, you have to work on changing your breathing and learning how to do it like sitting. How do you do this sitting? How do you do this lying down, lying down on your side, lying down on your back? How do you do it on your hands and knees? How do you do it when you bend over to pick up something? How do you do it standing? So there's a process and each position is slightly different because your lungs are closed off in certain positions or you're trying to force them open in different positions. But then it's a matter of, okay, we worked on calming you down and we changed your breathing, but now how do we keep you there? So if we don't make you stable in that relaxed state, you're gonna revert back to your old patterns. So most people are very, I call back dominant. They're used to using their back muscles for everything. They, they use their back muscles to reach, to bend over, to, to kick something, to stand up, to walk. And if we get you to, so you feel your back to relax, then we need to change your stability away from your back to like your thigh muscles and your shoulder blade muscles. So you learn how to walk differently. You learn how to reach differently. And this truly, this is what we go through because when you walk and you use your thighs and you feel your back let go and your hips can now move differently and you swing differently, it's a whole nother ball game. It's you shift and you just feel this whoosh, calmer. I have so many clients who say, my personality has changed and <laughs> my spouse or so-and-so or partner or whoever is like, you're a completely different person. And they, they are, it's just, they've calmed down and now they're not so emotionally reactive or they're calm. And now they have those executive functions back where they can think and they can be creative. They can be imaginative. They can produce because when you're in fight or flight mode, Yes, you can be in that flow state or highly focused on one thing, but it's like, let's produce, 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 produce. It's not, okay, let's consider everything. Let's be imaginative. Let's be creative. Let's come up with other ideas. Let's look at the other side of the coin. So it depends. Like, and I say, what are your intentions? If you want to be in high alert mode, by all means, let's do the opposite of what I'm teaching. You can be in high, in high, you know, fight or flight mode and you can do that. But do you want to improve your health for the long term? Then we need to get you more into parasympathetic relaxation for more of the hours of the day. Because we don't want adrenaline pumping through you 24-7 or cortisol levels at a higher level for 24-7. We want you to be able to sleep. We want you to not go with the, the method, I'll sleep when I die. But instead, 
I really want my eight hours of sleep because I know I'm going to produce better, more efficiently and use less energy if I have sleep because I know how to relax. I know how to calm down. I know how to function at a peak performance instead of let me just do as much as I can and then I'm going to crash and burn. So. Well, see, and the reason why I like talking about this, because it, it is a misconception in today's world, right? You, you hear Elon Musk, when you, you talk to him, you hear Gary Vaynerchuk and their crazy schedules. And a lot of people are trying to be in that situation. They're pushing 70, 80, 100 hours, right? Because I have to, right? Because we have to hustle. Uh, and then there's this, there's this concept of like, you know, obviously, you know, life, you know, work-life balance, and I never want to be that person, whatever. But what I found very interesting with what you're saying, Amy, is that it's, hey, you know what, I can, I can work crazy hard. But very calm. I don't need to be in this just hectic mindset. And I think sometimes we have this misconception of that. Um, so let, let's kind of dive into maybe some of your, your, your client stories. Like, what have you seen? I know you mentioned some of the pain, the, the back, the relief, the personality. But let's kind of dive maybe one or two examples, uh, if you would be willing to, uh, to kind of share kind of the, the before and after because of this. Yeah. So, I mean, we can go, we can talk one pain, a pain example. So a lot of people, as they get older, they're like, okay, I have some pain here. And you go to the doctor, like, okay, your bone on bone arthritis, it's caused by arthritis. And I say, time out. No, <laughs> I say, let's look at this a little bit differently and see if it's really arthritis causing your pain. What often happens is as we get older, our stresses are very additive. So right now, if you heard a loud bang and you jump, you can feel your body tense up. Now, if you look around, you're like, oh, that was just a car backfiring. You can mentally and emotionally clear yourself and you'll be fine. But if you don't stop right there and clear your body and let the muscles release that tension that they developed, your nervous system is going to adjust to that. And I have a theory and I challenge this all the time with people. I'm like, your body has responded to all those stressors that have added up over life and your muscles have tightened up and tightened up and tightened up but you didn't know how to stop and let them go. And so I have a lady, she's a, she's retired now. She was a psychologist, she's a psychiatric nurse. She was scheduled for a joint replacement back in 2016. Knee, knee bone on bone. And I started working with her. And within two visits, well, after the first visit, she came back, she said, how quickly is this supposed to work? And I said, well, I expect changes right away. Like, I really expect you to change right away. And she said, well, the pain went away, but I don't know if I really believe this. And she had been doing daily anti-inflammatories for a decade and doing three injections, cortisone shots, hyaluronic acid, three, three per year for a long time, just to be able to work. And she liked to travel around the world to do photography in you know crazy places. And she felt relief. And I said, and I didn't even touch her knee. And I said, I expect you to feel changes. And so after the second one, she's like, the pain, it's, it's not coming back. And I said, okay, well, but we have work to do because you may have felt relief, but you haven't really changed yet. You've slightly changed, but you don't really get it. And we were working on getting her rib cage down to have her breathe differently, to get her pelvis to relax. So her bones went back into position. And after that first week, she canceled her surgery and it was two months out and she canceled her surgery. It was supposed to be August of 2016 and she has never had another injection or anti-inflammatory and she never had the surgeries and she's been traveling all over the world, Antarctica, climbing in and out of Zodiacs, going up and down. And she's in her late seventies now. I mean, I've done this with naturopaths as well. I have a well-known naturopath in the Phoenix area that works with um, a lot of major league um, 
sports teams around the country, travels all the time. And he was being active, you know, young guy, being active, tore his ACL, MCL, and little tibial involvement. And he had just heard of me and he brought someone else to come work with me because he didn't really believe what I did. And um, after I worked with that person, he saw the facts. I said, get up on the table. I said, I want you, I want to show you some stuff. He's like, no, no, no. I said, come on, get up. Don't be, don't be afraid. It's fine. And so, and he was like, I already know breath work. And I said, just try this. I want you to breathe differently. And it's going to go against what you think for breath work, but I just want you to do it. And we got his legs straight and he had been, he came in with a brace on limping, got his leg completely straight. This was two weeks post-injury. And then I sat him up and he was freaked out. He's like, I can't believe you just got my leg straight. And I said, now I'll sit you up. We're going to get it to bend. He's like, no, no, that's not possible. And he calmed his rib cage down. He did everything that we went through and his leg bent and he got off the table and he was barely limping. Didn't, he never used the brace again. And five, five sessions later, five weeks later, he was back to playing tennis and he never had the surgery, but it was all had to re be related to his nervous system. And you can do this with people with anxiety and major levels of stress. So I do this with a lot of different business executives and business owners who have are ramped up, just like you were mentioning. And you get them to change the way they're sitting at their desk all day. You get them to change the way they're exercising so that they understand how to calm their body when they're exercising. And all of a sudden, everything just calms down for them. Now they are not emotionally reactive. They aren't so maybe stern with their employees. They can take in the stresses of the business and they feel their pain goes away. Their stress goes away. Their anxiety goes down. So it works with that as well. And kids with ADHD, I work with the parents and the kids and, and work to calm the kids down, but often work with the, pa the parents first. So it's kind of all different levels of, of different types of people, sleep as well. Um, Nui Scruggs, he's a um, sportscaster for the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas. And um, he was having trouble sleeping and he was having trouble with his broadcast and just being calm. So I worked with him and um, he slept through the night for the first time in years. And then now he uses this, <laughs> I have a little video of him. He's like, I use this straw in between sports cast. He's like, I'll go and do one. And then I'll go and practice. No one knows I'm doing this and practice all by myself. And I calm myself down. And then my energy level is, is cleaner. It's not so chaotic. It's like, now I can speak differently and his, his broadcasts are better. So it works on all different levels. It just depends on what is a person's goal, but the common theme for all these people is that fight or flight nervous system. And what are your intentions with it? Do you want to have chaotic energy? Then suck up your gut, stick your chest out and have chaotic energy. If that's what you want to get, get across. And some people like Tony Robbins, that's what he wants to do. But do you want to have a calmer energy and draw people in? Then you can calm yourself down. You could still be ramped up a little bit, but have a calmer sense. Or do you want to be on a really low level where you're just putting everyone to sleep, including yourself? And you can do that too. So it's just what are your intentions and how can you use it to help you get what you want?
See, what I find so interesting about this at a very deep level is just like you said, first of all, we have these programs subconsciously, right? And we understand that, right? That we run. We're run by emotions, definitely like business people and just people in general, right? And and we are run by those emotions and, and we got to be cognizant, aware of that. So I find this so interesting. Now with this, with like, let's say, for example, specifically with the, the stress, I know um, a, a lot of women in particular, but a lot of people in general that struggle with anxiety and stress. So hypothetically, let's say you're working with someone in that regard, right? And they've struggled with many, many years, they're going to counseling. Um, what would be your solution? What would be your way of you know, working through that process with them? Um, I'm just curious, what, what does that look like? Yeah, so I usually do as a package of six sessions. Um, the first session is kind of discovery, evaluation, hour and a half. We're going to go through everything that's going on in their life um, and see, okay, what medical stuff, what stressful things, emotional things that are going on. And then we start shifting the way that they hold themselves immediately. Because one of the easiest and quick, quickest ways that you can get your body to feel calmer is changing the position and basically getting yourself more in a curled fetal position. It will feel like slumping for a lot of people, especially high performers who are used to sitting on the edge of the chair, sitting on a bouncy ball and we're like, okay, I'm working on my core while I'm exer and I'm, so I'm exercising while I'm typing and creating and I'm, you know, go, 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 go. So if we can take you out of that and start right away, I'm like, okay, we're going to make you sit in this chair, make you sit all the way back, put your feet up on a platform. So your knees are higher than your hips. And right away, they're like, oh my gosh, I feel relaxed, but I'm slumping, I'm slumping, I'm slouching. Like, I can't be this. How can I be this? And there's this whole mindset we have to go through. It's, you're not being a slob. You're really not. And so we have to go through that and look at why do you think you're a slob just by sitting back in a chair? Because we are taught that you can't, you have to be on all the time. But if you look at sitting is ultimately a position of relaxation. The reason we have a chair is so you can rest. So if we can match that with the purpose of a chair, then a person's body starts to let go. And then we change the breathing. And so we give them some basic positions to get started with. And then the five follow-up sessions are, okay, let's see what your body retained. Now we're gonna put you in some other positions. We're gonna probably have you on your back with your feet up. We're gonna teach you how to use your hamstrings and your inner thigh muscles to stabilize your pelvis so your back muscles can relax. So that as you breathe, your body calms down, but you don't lose a sense of stability so you can have your anchor, you feel grounded. And so your body and your rib cage just calms down and you feel the wave going through your body and you feel your breathing goes differently. And then when you inhale, inhalation no longer becomes this fight or flight portion of breathing, it becomes this controlled and you feel your body almost detach. So you don't need your rib cage to breathe. You don't need your neck and your shoulders and your back to breathe, but you feel your lungs just inflate and it's almost feels like this passive motion, but it's really your diaphragm is just being active and drawing air in. And so then we have to work on how to use your arms differently or put you in positions where you learn to calm yourself. And I'll do stuff with bubbles. I'll do different things where depending on the person's lifestyle, I want to give them different positions and things they can do that will integrate into their life. So it's like 
Okay, if you're on the computer all day, I'm gonna give you things while you're sitting. So you can just do this for a minute in between meetings. Or you can do this if you're standing all day, I'm gonna give you something where you can stand and you can practice this for a couple minutes right before lunch. So it's just little bits that we're trying to break up your nervous system habits. And then from there, you start to, your body starts to change. And then you'll catch yourself and you'll, you'll try to revert back. And you're like, oh my gosh, I feel awful when I do that. Why do I ever do that? But you just, you just don't know. We're just all, you know, a com combination of all of our habits that we've developed. And you don't know what you don't know. Well, it's very applicable, like you were saying, right? It's not, you can't make an excuse like, well, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm out in construction, so I can't do this. No, she'll find a way to be able to say, hey, do this and do that. So it's really applicable to, to whatever you're doing, wherever you're going. Now, one of the things I wanted to mention as well, what, what I find so interesting about the health industry is that, you know, and we can all talk about it, but it's, it's very reactive, right? You go through life and it's like, okay, hey, you know, put a bandaid on it because whatever, right? Here's medication, here's this, right? And we can, that's another conversation for another time. But what I love what you're doing Amy, is that you're getting to the root of the cause of the problem, right? Hey, you have chronic, you have, you have, you have arthritis, you have these certain things. And a lot of individuals would just say, oh, well, here, just take this pain medicine or something like that, right? Um, and you're getting to the root of the cause and you identify it. And what I always... What I always find so interesting about this here is that it's just like, you know, the gut health, right? It's, it's a lot, it has to do with the holistic side of things. And that's what I think a lot of people don't understand. You know, I'm very young and I got a lot of energy, but I'm going to be honest with you, just share with you. I rely a lot on caffeine to keep myself in this state of high energy, high focus, move, go, and, and that's it. That's one of the reasons why I'm asking these certain questions selfishly because I'm realizing, okay, that's not healthy long-term, right? I can withstand that because I'm young or whatever, but also do know that is a, that's a crutch because in reality, I could actually have very organic, calm, intense energy still that can still, uh, and I think, produce the, the, the result is probably a lot better and healthier long term. And uh, so I'd love to get your response in that regard. Yeah. And something that you pointed out with going from caffeine to caffeine to caffeine, that's scary to me. Um, I used to be like that too. I used to do a six pack Mountain Dew a day. This is before my health, health days. Um, and I've since learned, I read um, Matthew Walker's book, Why We Sleep and caffeine blocks adenosine. Adenosine is a hormone in your body that creates something called sleep pressure, the desire to want to go to sleep. So there are receptors in your body and adenosine will go into it as the day progresses. And that gives you more pressure to go to sleep. Well, caffeine blocks that, blocks adenosine from going into those receptors. And the problem is about, you know, six, eight hours when caffeine falls off of these receptors, you have this huge wave of adenosine that goes in. And that's when you feel like, oh, I can't move. I'm so tired. I need another caffeine hit. So, you know, caffeine then comes in and then blocks the adenosine from building up anymore. And so you go on with your day. But the problem with that is that also puts you in this fight or flight status, because it's not allowing your body to go into its natural rhythm to allow you to be able to have restful sleep. The other thing too, the problem with caffeine is if you are caffeinated and you're kind of superficially and chemically ramped up and then your body responds to that and you're doing that all day long, when you close your eyeballs at night, you have no signal then to actually rest and go to sleep. And the problem then is your body has been trained structurally 
to be put in fight or flight mode. And then just by closing your eyeballs, your body's still structurally in fight or flight mode because your rib cage is high, your back is on. And so you can't get restful sleep. You might be able to sleep, but it, you don't feel rested. You don't feel calm. You don't feel like you can just let go and your mind turns off. And so that then becomes a problem and you get into this cycle. And then of course, if you're not getting restful sleep, there's a lot of other, other issues that come along with that. But it's hard to wean off of caffeine because you know there's an addiction to it. So it's really hard. And so what I tell people is when you start to wean off of caffeine and you start to practice some of the stuff that I go through is you may want to sleep for like four hours after we work together. Let yourself do that. That's your body's signal you need to catch up on sleep. And as you wean off of it and you realize you can control yourself, it's, it's really nice to not to feel like you have to have something to get through the day. That instead you can watch your behavior and you can modify your position and your breathing to either ramp yourself up or to calm yourself down. Um, over the long term, that's a much healthier way to approach yourself. And, you know, it's just, it's nice to be healthy, but I, I totally understand there are times where people want caffeine to get through stuff. It's just, I would be very careful with it for long term. No, and I'm very cognizant of that, Amy. That's one of the reasons why I brought that up because it's like I, uh, you know, I've done a lot of research in that regard and I started realizing like uh, my dad is at a, you know, a certain age where he's getting arthritis and stuff like that. And I do understand like, and I've, I've heard this numerous times where a lot of people that are age 40, right? Like I think Jayla was talking about this. I was talking and listening to her interview and she was, you know, she said, I feel healthier now because she's becoming more cognizant than I was in my 20s. And the reason why is because in your 20s, you're like, ah, man, whatever, I can drink, you know, whatever, you know, all sorts of stuff. You're not proactive, right? And that's what I realized, you know, I'm 28. And so I want to be proactive. And I start realizing, actually, if I get it, it's just like investing, right? You just invest in your body, right? It's it's a compound effect, but in just in, in that regard. So I think that's awesome. Um, so Amy, I know you're working on some cool, awesome course for a lot of a lot of individuals uh, to be part of your community. Tell us a little bit about that, Amy. Sure. So starting in July, I'll be launching a group cohort course. So instead of like a video course where you just hear me talking and you kind of follow along, this will actually be a virtual course through Zoom. It's live. So I'll be taking about 20 to 30 people. I'm going to keep it lower. It's not going to be bigger than that. And we're going to, I'm going to guide them through this process. And so we'll be meeting twice a week and we'll be going through this process. You'll be learning how to change your body position, how to change your breathing to, to alleviate those chronic pains, the stress, anxiety, sleep issues. We're going to be going through that over the course of a month. And so each week you'll be getting new, new information, new things to practice. And there'll be like a, a Q and a on a Friday, just to help, you know, what have you tried? What's not working? How can we modify things to help people progress? So that's going to be launching in July, just after the fourth. So it'll be July 5th will be the first date and we opening enrollment soon. So if people are interested, they can send me an email. It's amy at pabrinstitute.com. So amy at pabrinstitute.com. Awesome. I was just going to ask you, where can they reach out to you? And uh, obviously, guys, she's also on social media as well. Uh, what are those uh, social media links, Amy? Sure. So you can find me under Dr. Amy Novotny, um, pretty much on all the different social platforms out there. LinkedIn's the easy way. Uh, Instagram, I, I respond. Facebook, you can find me as well. But you can also just go to my website. It's paberinstitute.com. 
Awesome. And guys, those links will be in the description below. So make sure you click on those, make sure you be part of that community. Uh, and just uh, that incredible resource, guys. And 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 uh, again, one of the reasons why I wanted to bring her on is because I'm very aware of certain things that, that I need to work on personally. And so Amy, first of all, I really just appreciate the immense insight that you've had, uh, but also just the, the courage to keep persevering, right? That stubbornness to keep persevering and obviously now being able to impact the people that you have now, which is awesome. Uh, Amy, uh, is there any last words of wisdom that you'd like to share before we let you go? I just say, be aware of your day. So I always have the mantra, ribs down, belly out. So allow your ribs to drop down, let your bellies fill out. Most people don't like to do that. They're high performers because they like to have a flat gut but just try it. Let your belly out, feel your ribs drop down and you'll start to feel your body shift and change. So if you do nothing else, just give that a whirl, try it a couple times and see how you do. Awesome. And guys, that is Amy. Uh, my gracious, Amy, thank you so much again. And guys, that is Journey with Christian Evans podcast. Until next time, remember, be uncommon if you can.